ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. I am your host, Cheats. We got a lot going on, so I, I don't even know if I can say it just yet. I think I can say it. Shout out to our title partners, if you will, Stilo. Stilo is in the building, so we definitely want to shout them out. A lot of big things coming between Black Baseball Mixtape and Stilo moving forward. We have a very, very special guest. It's always a pleasure to be able to talk to players. Always a pleasure to be able to talk to young players. We've got Tyler Tolbert, number one, if you will, <laughs> for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Tyler is 25 years old. If you're not familiar with the Naturals, they play in the Texas League. They're the AA affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. Tyler, welcome to the mixtape, my man. Man, thank you for having me. Thank you. <clears throat> we were talking a little bit before we got started, and we'll start with kind of the noun and go backwards. But you are in what is now, I mean, you are in it. It is dog days of the season. Dog days. <laughs> dog days of baseball. It's hot out there now all the mm -hmm. time. And you have not only played this double-A season, but you were telling me dating back now for about, I don't know how many months. So this season seems like the longest. On paper, it's the longest season you played. Double-A season. I think you're into how many games now? And I mean, it's it's up there. Man, I don't I, I lost count. Uh, I think it's it 80, 80, 90, something like that. Yeah, we're we're in ninety something. I know that yeah. we're ninety pushing a hundred. We're, we're up there. <laughs> so, so when you're in the grind like this, tell me kind of just your approach because you also have a unique feature. And I looked at your stats. You'll play shortstop one day. You'll play center field the next day. It's crazy for you. How, yeah, what crazy. is your what is your routine now in the dog days of summer? How do you stay focused working on your game? Uh, honestly, just taking it day by day. Um, just, I get there, but depending on what's kind of, you know, sore, bugging me, I, I uh, just get work on a little bit. Um, recovery is huge because, you know, after you play a game, you got to wake up and do it again the next day. So, like, right now, I'm just make sure the leg's okay, make sure I get stretched out really well. Um, a lot of recovery boots, a mm. lot of uh, uh, supplements. You know vitamins and stuff like that uh just to help with anti-inflammatory stuff and um just eating properly hydrating you got to stay on that especially when it's 120 outside mm -hmm. i know that's exaggeration but it's been it's been hot out there right um but like right now just kind of just making sure i stay on top of just hydration and eating and stretching and uh and not doing too much because like Get get ready for six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever time we play that night, and just make sure I'm not like tiring myself out because we are in the dog days. I like to hear baseball it. right now. Yeah, no, I like to hear that, and I like to hear your approach um, because it's an adjustment. You you've been a professional baseball player for a little while now, a couple years now. Um, what has been kind of the biggest adjustment for people that don't know, like me, people that don't play double A baseball, 90 game schedules every day. What is the biggest adjustment for you when you look and you're like, man, I'm a professional baseball player. I really like, as opposed to, you know, you know what I mean? You've been playing all your life, uh, but what is the big adjustment to pro ball? Uh, It's the schedule. It's just the day in day out schedule. 
you know, you're, you're getting there at two o'clock and you might not leave the field till 10 30, 11 o'clock, you know, depending on the day. And it's just the, it's the mental grind and the physical grind with that. And you got to honestly just put your boots on and just, here we go, dive in it. And just understand it's a marathon and not a sprint. And you just want to just, just stay steady. And you need to do things outside of baseball to keep your mind sane. And like baseball is a, it's a very mental sport. So, you know, just getting out and doing something different besides baseball, because doing it every day, if you think about it all day, every day, it will eat you alive. And, and so like, you know, you got to have that, like that mental break, you know, like that mental space to just like, you know, even it's just going through some outdoorsy, uh, like play golf, fish, something, you know, whatever your hobby is. A lot of us is video, well, video what, games. What's yours? <laughs> what do you, what do you do? What do you do to keep uh, your mind away from on, on, on daily, daily I play video games, but I've been getting into golf lately. So, uh, so, nice. so if it's not too hot out there, I go play 18 and, uh, and so just, just hanging out with friends and just, we're just honestly just chilling. And just taking a break. Now, did you play golf growing up? Like, or is is golf no. new to you? This is this is new. This is this is new. <laughs> so uh, you traded one still... mentally straining sport for. So now your recreational sport could be as equally mentally straining yes, as baseball. Yes. How is that possible? But, but but I don't go out there to be like I'm going out there to have for the for the vibes and just just have fun and like <laughs> like you know you hit a couple good shots to bring you back. That's all that matters. <laughs> What do you so, like? What do you like? Because I, I, I'm fascinated with this, and I, I enjoy this. I love the fact <laughs> that you decided to choose another sport, another game that is that is pretty taxing, right? It's pretty hard. Uh, <laughs> what is it that draws you? I know you said the vibes and the camaraderie, but about the game itself, is there anything that kind of drives you to that? Do you do you go out and play by yourself, or is it just like a group activity? It's a group activity, okay. but I think I'm a, I'm gonna go uh, and get into it by myself. Um, it's dangerous. I'm telling you, it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous thing. But like, I hit a few shots this year because I took I took some time off. You know, I I nibble and dabble into it. Like, but like this year, I went and played and I hit my first birdie. And like, went, like crazy. Like it hit like, first home run. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like, and how it happened? <laughs> like, we're on 18, and like we're playing a little little golf tournament uh, with with the guys here. And uh, we had two days off, so we we're like, "All right, we're gonna play 18." And I'm like, "All right, all right guys, I'll come out because I haven't, I haven't golfed all year." And I went out there and I played decent, and I birdied 18 from the bunker, and I've been hooked ever since. That's it was cool. a bunker shot, and it, and it's it's I've, I've been hooked ever since. Now here's the million dollar question, and you, I, I'm assuming since you play, the answer is no. But does your golf swing ever mess with your baseball swing, or vice versa? I don't, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> because, look like, into this. Like honestly, I'm gonna say no because as many guys in the big leagues and you know, as many like my right. teammates uh, and all like everybody plays golf, so I'm gonna say that no. Is, and like in the most successful like players in the big leagues play golf, so I'm, I'm gonna go funny. with no. That's funny because uh yeah no I I just heard an interview with CC Sabathia. Uh, CC's one of the founding board well one of the board members of the players alliance i think he's the vice president right now but mm -hmm. now that he's retired from baseball he plays golf like every day he, he said he yes. was like i can't get into it in season like i want to 
But he was saying Derek Jeter, CC's, all of them all play golf all the time. And yeah. just just so we know, ladies and gentlemen, Tyler is, I want to say, in the top five of Tes- Texas League in hits. So it can't be messing with your swing wow. that much because you are, I believe, <laughs> you're in the top, top five in hits. Don't jinx me. Don't yeah, yeah, jinx I'm me not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> But you're also you're also in top five in stolen bases as well, I believe, and mm-hmm. in, in, in maybe in triples as well. So talk to me a little bit about just kind of what you're looking to do. And, and when you go into a season, what you're looking to do, what you're looking to accomplish, because you had a lot of different things thrown at your plate. Not only, like we said, you know, obviously the hitting, the stolen bases, but you're playing infield, you're playing outfield. When you set into this season and we're already past the halfway point, what goals did you have for yourself? Uh, I remember just telling everybody, just look, I'm just going to be, like I told you earlier, just be where my feet are. Mm. And I just want to have fun, play hard, and like just do my job. Whatever my job is, I'm just going to go out there and do what I need to do. Um, with that being said, we last year we made a swing change after the year was over. Uh, I flew down to Arizona and went down there for a couple weeks when I hit an apartment. And um, with the swing change, that led to me going to Australia. They recommended or asked me if I want to go to Australia for winter ball just to figure some things out with the swing change. And um, Australia, shout out to all my people in Australia, Brisbane Bandits, uh, love you guys. Um, we're going down there and just playing really helped a whole lot and just like understanding the swing understanding ball and just seeing baseball in a different world honestly and um and then just now we jump forward to here and we just keep riding the wave honestly and we're just not looking too far ahead because in the years past i'll just look too far ahead like oh what's what's going on ahead of me oh what's going on is like this this that and like you really can't get caught up in that that you just got to stay laser focused and uh and just be where your feet are, honestly. You touched on it. I was going to mention it, but this is a great uh, segue into it. You did spend winter ball in Australia. Yes. And yes. I looked at that and in, in your kind of trajectory and where you were playing, and it did seem like it stood out. I was like, what in the world? Uh, and it seemed as if, just to be honest with you, you got a lot of things right in Australia. You, you I mean, things were really <laughs> – Just, I mean, just looking – again, you tell me. What was that experience like? And it seemed like, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it helped, kind of definitely helped put you put you on track there. So, uh, yeah, honestly, I went down there to play center field. Our farm director, he he's like, look, um, we want you to try center field. And I, I had center field, and, and uh, I played it in college. So, you know, I wasn't too unfamiliar with it, but, you know, it's been some years. So I went down there and played, and – our manager, David Nielsen, he was a former big leaguer. And, you know, we had a talented group down there. Um, and so just going down there and just learning and listening to some of the vets that played a long time in the game and just listening to him. And he was just like, just be a good teammate, play hard. And we had fun. We were a really good team. Oh, man, we had a blast. And my mm-hmm. family and my girlfriend got to come out. So it was one of those things. Yeah, once in a lifetime, honestly, because not a lot of people go like, oh, I've been to Australia and, you know, um, and just going on there and playing baseball. So this game can take you a lot of places. And it was just a blessing. I had a blast and I have a lot of love for 
the Australian people down there and my family does too. We had a blast. Now, is that something normal? You said your farm director, you you know, told you that that might be the best option for you to go, you know, work, work on your game in Australia. You said obviously a lot of talented play, a lot of talented players, a lot of vets. We know about kind of the, you know, Caribbean winter leagues and kind of Mexican winter leagues. I hadn't heard a lot about the Australian, Australian winter league. So, So who is it? Is it kind of, was it, familiar uh faces was it royal affiliate teammates who who plays in this league so i was like the guinea pig honestly and mm-hmm. i was not supposed to go play winter ball last year because i played i forgot how many games i played last year it was over 100 and something and i thought i was just gonna be you know be shut down or whatever and he just you know pulled me in office and and asked if i wanted to go and i was like yeah I'll, you know it's australia and uh so down there, it's, uh, it's uh, the KBO, the MPB. So that's the um, Korean Professional Baseball League. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Japanese Baseball League. So a lot of their players go down there too. And you got like a lot of former like big leaguers uh, throughout the whole league and uh, guys that played in the perspective KBO and MPB League. Uh, there's a lot of affiliate guys. So like on my team, it was me and another Royals guy who's a pitcher. And – we were affiliated like a pipeline with the Brewers. And so the Brewers sent like six prospects. Um, actually, our former GM, Dave Moore's son, Robert Moore, was my roommate. And he was on my team down there. Um, so we got, you know, we connected and uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, other teams, the Phillies is in Adelaide. They wow. have a pipeline. Yeah. Um, they had like six or so guys. And, there's just affiliated guys all around the whole league. Um, Pirates, would, they send down four or five guys in Sydney. It was cool. It was really cool. How would you judge the competition? So would you equate it to double A like you're in now, triple A or, or, or high A? What would you say? So, like, it just kind of, like, depends. So, like, when yeah. you are um, you're facing a good team, you're going to see good pitching, you yeah. know? Uh, so, like, and I'm not – I'm not – disrespecting anybody but like you know the the bottom level teams they they didn't have as deep as a pitching staff as as the top level you know that's and then like that's not disrespect look at the major leagues right now <laughs> look right, at any yeah. look at so any like, team pitching pitching is so a big like, deal yeah so like you know like if a team had won that many games they they probably had one good arm and mm-hmm. that that's it and then like you roll down into Adelaide, and they're they're rolling guys that got big league time. There are you know they're in Triple A, Double A, or you know they they made their debut, and you got guys that are like okay, they got Triple A time, and you know they're just yeah. done again work. And we have foreign big leaguers on our on our team, and they might not throw like ninety eight like they used to, but they still like know how to pitch at ninety two, ninety four. You know, oh. so last thing on this. Um... Because you said you had a ball, you had a ball down there in Australia. What was yeah, yeah. what was the best thing you did outside of baseball? Oh man, I could go all day about this. It was like vacation. So I went to uh, the Steve Irvin Zoo. I uh, we went to Bondi Beach. Uh, we we went nice. we I, we went everywhere. Like like That's every fantastic. every off day, we're at a beach and um, you know, just petting kangaroos, uh, petting a koala, like like just doing just exotic stuff. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, well, yeah, let's that's was... that's great. That's great. Let's let's go from Arkansas where you are now, from from mm-hmm. Australia to back home. Take me back home to Birmingham, Alabama. 
when did you first kind of fall in love with baseball? When did you realize baseball was going to be something that stuck with you for a very long time? At a young age, I was I was pretty good. Um, my dad and my mom kind of knew I was pretty good, but I like to play basketball too. Mm-hmm. So basketball was uh, was up there, and I played decent football. But um, I would say first grade, um, first second grade, I played first base because I was the only one that could catch, and one of my uh, <laughs> one of my good childhood friends, he was the shortstop, and we ended up, you know, playing high school together. Mm-hmm. And like, we were only two that could catch, and that's what it kind of, like, separated. And then as you just grow, you j- I just fell in love with the uh, just getting better, um, fifth grade. And then, I don't know, when I got to middle school, I wanted to play basketball so bad. Like, like that's what, like, <laughs> I want to play basketball. So, like, baseball was kind of on the back burner, but I still loved it, but it was on the back burner. And then I got to high school, and it just kind of, like, turned back up again. And uh, I just kept falling in love with it. Now, and even back then, were you always – I know you said first base because you could catch, but were you always a utility player? Or, like, when you were growing no, up, did so, you play different positions? So, growing up, I was primarily a, uh infielder like shortstop second base and uh I didn't really play outfield and then yeah I just really just played infield every day (laughs) so I always ask this because we see as as we identify players and they and they start to get better and they start to excel you start to see less and less black players in the elite levels when you were growing up did you did you play with other black kids in Birmingham or was it a situation where you were kind of always, you know, one or two on a team? I was only, I was the only one. And uh, oh. until I got to high school, until I got to high school, that's when I started playing with uh, more, um, you know, high school, there's two or three of us, one of my best friends. Uh, I play with them in high school. It was so much fun. Uh, but like, one, I played travel ball for East Cop Astros, and that was the most I've ever played with. And we had a few on that team, and it was it was awesome to um to play. And um that was like my first first time having playing with multiple of you know black people on the same team. What what so what, back, tra- what age was that travel ball team? I was sixteen. That's what wow. I said. Sixteen, seventeen. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's still yeah, was, you played a yeah. lot before that happened. Yeah, that's a lot, and I was the only one. I was the only one, you know, leading up to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, when I got to high school, like it was sixteen, seventeen. That's when you started seeing two or three of us, and then like, yeah, my sophomore year, that was the first time. That was the first. That's time. crazy. Now, because when you're young, you're a lot more. Um, what's the word? adjustment in many ways is a lot easier because you're just out there yeah. playing. Did you, was there ever times where you noticed or you had conversations with your parents? You're like, man, I'm like, I'm the only one. There's not a lot of black people out here playing. That, you kind of have that conversation young mm-hmm. uh, because like uh, in like middle school and kind of just growing up, all my friends, even still to this day, all my friends, my black friends, they, well, I have, plenty of black friends that play professional baseball but like growing up all my friends were football players mm. like my friend group my immediate friend group in growing up was football players mm. all of them played division one football uh so it was just kind of that thing and they i tell you the bro i don't watch baseball the only time i watch baseball is to watch you play i was like 
yeah, yeah. And so, like, and I, you just look around when you're young, you're like, all right, I'm the only one. And then when you play against another one out there, you're like, hey. And even now in pro ball, there's not that many of us. So when we see each other, we're like, hey, you know, what's up? Talk to each other. <laughs> right, you good? Right. The brotherhood. Need anything, let me know. Yeah, it's the brotherhood. <laughs> you need anything, let me know. Uh, so, right. uh, so, so you kind of are aware of that um, growing up and – and my mom and dad always say, you know, you got to be twice as good to go have as far. So, now, all eyes on you. Now, especially as you got older, not I'm not not even like, I'm just saying maybe kind of start that travel ball through, um, through high school before we get to to UAB and we'll get there soon. How did you kind of deal with any situations in regards to just like? Man, I'm looking around and a lot not a lot of people understand what I'm going through. Was was it who did you lean to? Was it was it your friends that played football? Was it your parents who who were you able to have conversations with about being a black baseball player? So like growing up, it was definitely my my parents and my friend group. My 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 friend group are still that's that's the core. You know, we all support each other and everything. And like my parents are like my best friends. We talk every day. Um yeah, it's in like literally, it was just them, and you know, growing up, and I was I was blessed, honestly, to with the village, um, the non even my non African American friends, and like I even call them my family because like there's there's uh there's a special family, the Youngs, uh, Cindy Young, Brad Young, their son Peyton. I played with Peyton Young. He's literally like my brother. I played with him since I was ten like nine or ten that's when we met and we played with each other from there all the way to uh 18 when we went to you know college and everything we didn't go to the same college but like no nah, he's like literally my brother um so i had a really really good support from them and just like they treated me like that i was their son and then, like we still we still are family we talk every day you know like 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 his son is my my nephew. That like I call him nephew. <laughs> you know, what I'm right, saying? right. Like, no, uh, absolutely. So uh, I had a good village, and they they kind of they took me in when I was just playing with them, and they were my my family when I was away yeah. from my family. Uh, and so like my my mom and dad though, like I can talk to them about anything. So like mm. if I had a problem, and my dad kind of went through the same thing when he played growing up, and mm. he was the only one. And I and know uh, it was him and his best friend, you know, they were on the same team. But my dad, like he said, he was the only one playing this. That's back in the 80s and 90s. Right. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, just leaning on him as well for his guidance, you know, what to do and everything like that. So it was he was just a, someone I can lean on. Perfect. Now, you were you are from Birmingham. You decided to make a college decision. Uh, clearly not too far from home. So you went to yeah. Alabama, Birmingham. Talk to me about that decision. What was it about UAB and kind of how was your recruiting process? Was that w- w- was it kind of a stressful time period or was it just something like this is where I knew I wanted to do and I feel like I made the right decision? I got a crazy uh, recruiting stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, no, I love UAB. Uh, they they made me they made me feel like a priority. Honestly, um, I remember Coach Raw. He was at every game. It was, he was at games that he would deem need to be at. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, like, and I, I felt like a priority in uh, Coach Shoot. I remember going on my visit, and uh, they just laid out, this is going to be the roster, you know, like, 
you got a great opportunity to come in as a freshman and, and play right away and, you know, um, the schedule and everything. And I just looked at the talent and the talent they were producing. A lot of people didn't understand at that time UAB was producing guys that getting drafted. And, like, in my in my mind, I'm like, look, I, I'm, I'm trying to be three and out. And it had a good business school. And that's why I kind of knew I was going to go to go to school. Um, but – to be honest with you, going through the process, it, it was crazy because, like, when back then, coaches couldn't really talk to you to like July first, right? And then when July, when like July first hit, I remember the phone was just blowing up. Like, you just stay on the phone all day, and um, UAB just stood out. Mm. And I remember we went to visit, and growing up, I would never thought I was going to UAB. Honestly, I, too like, close like to home. Up, too, but like, it's not too close to home. But like, just that's not in your head. Okay. Um, so I remember we're going, I went down there for a visit and then like Coach Shoot invited me down to lunch again on campus again. And I remember it was my mom, dad, and my grandmother. We're sitting in, in the office. I forgot. We're just talking. He's like, you know, how you doing? I go, I feel like committing today. And my parents had no idea. Like I, I was oh, thinking about committing. Wow. <laughs> so they look at me and they're just like, what? And then, wow. so like, they're like, did you just come out? Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm coming here. And, um. So it was a blessing. Uh, I had a, had an amazing time. Met my amazing girlfriend there. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not complaining. I, in my three years of UAB, I had a had a had a blast. I had a so, blast. So, but talk, yeah, talk to me about that adjustment. We talked a little bit about the kind of the adjustment in pro ball. You mentioned the schedule uh, coming from you know travel ball in high school to to landing at UAB. Was there a big adjustment in regards to things that happened on the field and? And you know, yeah. kind of adulthood, if you will. Yeah. So my freshman year, I struggled uh, really bad, um, and then it was just a game. I, I was just, I it was just, I don't know. I, I wasn't confident. I wasn't, I wasn't myself. And it's kind of like you kind of lost your identity. I remember that I went out to what I chaplain and that, this is kind of like just got me back on it. It's just like my identity was too much into baseball. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I was, I, there's, there's more to life than just I'm a baseball player. And so like I got my identity too wrapped up in that. And I kind of like lost myself doing that. And like once I like kind of like separated and everything, everything just went back to normal, you know, like you're more than just a baseball player. And, uh, and then just more to life because like I was like that's I was just focusing everything on baseball. Like we lost my mood would be just on on that, you know, if I had a bad game and everything like that. So like there's more to the life than just baseball. And and shout out to Jared, our chaplain back mm-hmm. then. Uh he really we, we he really like helped me through that that struggle period. Cause like I wasn't playing good. Like I you know I was making good grades and everything. Ooh, my alarm clock must so I, I wasn't I wasn't playing too well, and like my confidence was just shot and everything, just too much in your head. So uh, once I got got that, like you're you know, there's more light than just your baseball. Everything just went back back to normal. You got back to yourself. That's a great piece of advice, though, because I think anybody that's listening, especially any young players or coaches, there's always, you know, kind of things that if you get too wrapped up, too laser focused especially on like performance on the field and it'll let you affect everything else with the understanding that baseball is a very hard game. It's a Mm -hmm. very hard game. It's a very mental game. 
and you've got to make sure, you know, that you're not too wrapped up in every single at bat, like every single, because hopefully knock on wood, there'll be another one coming. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to get yourself on track. That's, that's a great lesson because you see it every day. You see kids for like what you said, lack of a better term, losing themselves. Uh, we see young people losing themselves. We see young people, especially of color, because you said you, you alluded to it with what your parents gave those instructions. I got those same instructions playing. I kind of give those same instructions to my child where it's like, Hey man, you got to stand out, right? You got to be the dude. If you're going to be on this team, you got to be, you got to be be the one. You got to be him. Yeah. Right. And so, (laughs) you know, and and that carries with us, Uh, that carries with us as black players is back. You know, that carries with us. Um, You'd mentioned your goal going into UAB was was to be three and out you were drafted out of uab um and obviously you you performed on the field as well and and it kind of started that journey what was kind of the biggest thing you say you would have learned because a, a lot of players especially at the double a level right now a lot of them haven't gone to college like I mean, it's kind of, you know, obviously there's an influx of international players that had a different pathway. There's obviously players like yourself that did either three or four years at college. What, um, what was the biggest lesson you learned going to college? Time management. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's honestly probably the, the biggest thing is just um, time management and, learning to like say no to things is just like uh, prioritizing things, mm-hmm. honestly, just like knowing that you can't be everywhere. You can't, you can't do everything. Um, and you got to learn sacrifices, honestly, because like you got to find that, that balance of like, you want to enjoy college, but also you want to stay focused because I, I feel like a lot of people get to college and they lose focus. You know what I'm saying? So like, you got to find that like, that balance of um, enjoying college, but also like, you know, you hear for business, you know? And so that's, that's the biggest thing that I learned in college. You had a decision to make and, and, and <laughs> cause you still had some years of eligibility left, right. When you got drafted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so how did that, how did you come to that decision? Like now is the time to make the league to pro ball. Uh, I kind of knew. I was going to get drafted. I just did not know where. Mm-hmm. Um, so just leading up to the draft and everything, did some pre-draft workouts and everything. I kind of knew that there was a high possibility chance. And um, I just really was just praying to go to the right organization, and which I did because this org fits my game, and they're just they're great people as well. Um, so just like leading up to the draft, I kind of just knew. And if they hadn't certain – certain thresholds of like, all right, great org. And then I hate to bring this in, but the money aspect is, is if we're all good on the You got to bring it in, you're a professional. Yeah. yeah. And so it's if we're all good on the, on, on the money aspect and then like, uh, and they're going to pay for my last semester, the last year of school, then mm-hmm. like we're going to give it a green light because like, honestly, it's a once in a lifetime chance. Only a lot of, you don't see that, that many guys um, name go across the board, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people just, would just love to be just drafted, and you know. But um, <clears throat> I was just blessed to have the opportunity, and everything checked out, and now we're here. 
round 13. The the Major League Baseball draft is one of the most fascinating things that's ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand it. I've been following it now for several years. I still don't understand it. I know about, like, slotted things and priorities. Mm-hmm. But when I try to s- explain people that aren't familiar with a baseball draft that says, oh, that person was drafted, you know, and, you know, number five overall. And you'll be like, well, is he the fifth best player? They'll be like, no. This person that no. was drafted in the ninth <laughs> round is way, like, way higher projection than him. Yeah. They're like, well, how did that do? You, you got to explain to him, like, there's money, there's choices, there's options. Yeah, there's did you, so much. <laughs> did there's you so uh, much. have a crazy – so you were drafted in the, in the 13th round, uh, mm-hmm. 2019. Do you remember that being a particularly stressful situation, or did you get like – or do you feel like <laughs> it went according to plan? So this is this is before I even had an agent. This is before I met, I met Alex and everything. So like I just remember I had a projection of where I was going, and I was landing in that project projection, and um, I just remember leading up to like the pick, and before day three, I was on the phone with like four different teams at the same time, and just like it was just so much going on, and so uh, it it, it was it's very stressful. <laughs> um, but once it's done, it's done. Right. And me and my dad and my parents, we all joke around. We're like, oh, thank God we ain't going through that again when the draft comes around. I just remember just being in the basement talking to my pops. And um, he was like, what are you thinking? And everything. Kansas City made a stronger offer. Uh, I talked to the farm director and the guy who was uh, making the choices. Um, and we agreed to a deal, and then they had the second pick of that round. And I remember the Giants calling me right after my name went across on the second pick. And they're like, hey, we're taking you right here. I think uh, they had, like, the like, ninth, the ninth pick. I said, I, just, I said, I just got picked. He looked. He said, oh, dude, congrats. I see it. And so that was, that was so funny. That's that hilarious. was so funny. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, was, that, was, a fun, that was a fun little We'll that's, right there. that's an interesting tidbit though. A lot of people don't know. So you agree basically to a deal before they pick you? Or like when they're on the phone? So like you, so like... like so basically like leading up to the pick, I forgot how many picks were they were behind mm-hmm. or whatever. It was like four or five picks. It was just like, look, we're gonna take you right here at 13, right here in the second, you know. But we agree to this this amount and we're like, yeah. And yeah. um that's interesting. And so, yeah. So. Man, so so let's have some fun because uh before I get you out of here, I know this is this is great. I mean, just hearing kind of your journey and your pathway. When was the first time? So say the draft is over, you've got a report now. When was the first time you were like, man, this is this is professional baseball? Was it just like <laughs> ar- arriving at a facility, meeting a coach, or was it like I'm at I'm you know, at a workout facility and now I'm seeing real, real big league. Like when was the first time you were like, man, I'm in pro ball now. So I think we're just like bright eye and bushy tail. That's like I say, like when you like your first like year, um, because it's an adjustment and like, you know, we're seeing big league uh, rehabbers like uh, facing like Johnny Cueto and all that stuff. But like, I think the first time I was just like, whoa, I'm in a different like, like world is when I met Joe Girardi. He was just at our facility in the fall, and like I'm in the cage. He's like, "Hey, Joe Girardi." I'm like, "I know you." Like, like, like right. you know, what I'm saying? right, right. <laughs> so, uh, 
Yeah, that, that was that was That's pretty cool. cool. <clears throat> and then just like kind of just being around uh, the big leaguers and and stuff like that, and just. That, that's that's when once you start seeing like guys you see on TV, mm-hmm. like guys that like you like man I remember watching you when I was like you know like like twelve. <laughs> say, so do you so do you play? I ask people this all the time. So do you play it cool or like or do you like introduce yourself and be like man so I'm like, a fan? Like how does that so work? Like, you you be cool. So let me tell you this story real quick. So like oh god. So th- so this year was like my first uh, big league spring training. I got the first major league spring training invitation. And so um, you know, we walk into the locker room. You see Salvi. You see you know Zach Greinke and everything. Like you know like you see them. So when we signed Jackie Bradley Jr., I I was like. I do we had breakfast and I said, Man, I don't do this. But I said, You don't know this like full circle. He's like, What you mean? I was like, I was in fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade when like, you know, you went back to back in with uh South Carolina. Like, yes, I remember watching you. He said, Man, you make me feel oh, I was like, I was like, dog, like, like I, I just grew up like watching you. <laughs> and so and just hanging out with Jackie and being a spring trainer with Jackie was awesome. Jackie's a great guy, great baseball player. From uh, Richmond, Virginia, so, by the way. Yeah, he's from Richmond. That's yeah. why I say shout out to Richmond. Yeah. Uh, great golf player. Uh, he is. Uh, he's, oh, wow. he's so athletic. He's so good. Um, yeah, his wife and kids are, are awesome and everything. Jackie's a great guy. But, like, that I, that was a funny story. I'm in, like, big league spring training, and I'm just like, dude, like, I remember watching you play, like, South Carolina, and uh, I was in high school. You with the Red Sox and everything. So, uh, yeah. So that one, you you weren't as cool. You were fairly cool. Yeah, but you yeah, like, I was, I was other... like, I was like, I'm I'm a fanboy for real quick, and he was cool. <laughs> you had to, overall, though, you got you try to measure your composure or no? Because I'm I would be yeah, I'd lose yeah. my mind. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know, like you know, it's just you you out there playing a game, and yeah. you know they. Is it more things just like respect? You respect them, they respect you, and everything. Yeah. You know, you talk to them, and you know we're out there playing baseball, so it's fun. That's that's really cool. Now you mentioned just, uh, you know, having a, a black vet in the locker room, even somebody you can talk to during spring training. I'm learning as I go through this journey of podcasting and talking to players that doesn't happen as much as it used to, from what I understand, right. and you know, mid late 80s early 90s where there were a lot the percentage of black players were a lot higher there was a lot more veterans around to mm-hmm. to scoop up a young guy and, and tell him hey these are the things you do these are the things you don't do have you ever had that type of experience especially mm-hmm. with uh veterans but like any any black veterans that would say hey you know yeah. nice to meet you kid how's it going yeah uh so reggie sanders took me under his wing ever since i got drafted um, I've never met Reggie Sanders, but you are not the first person that has said Reggie bro, Sanders named Reggie, as an amazing mentor. Bro, it was amazing. We just actually had lunch a couple uh, days ago. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> so Reggie, Reggie has just been a very, very um, strong shoulder I can lean on, and just like just everything and um, his role with the Royals is is kind of like a like a mentor thing, and um, so. He he's someone I can just really really go to about anything, and I, I have actually a couple of them. Um, our first base coach now with the big league team, Damon Hollins. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in big league spring training, you know, I had Damon as my first base coach in rookie ball. 
so you know like it's just uh it's just full circle thing and while i'm up there you know we're cracking jokes and like man we're a long way from idaho falls and hey you know and everything uh so d holla he's great chris nelson he's a he's a high head coach with the royals and a, a non-black mentor is is uh, Eddie Rodriguez, their base coach for the um, White Sox. I had him as my infield coach last year. And, like, him and I were really, really close. He's Cuban. Um, but, like, that's 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 really, like, the guys I lean on. I, I text them anytime. And, like, this year is CC Colon, or Christian Colon. Um, just anything, you know, they, they've been really there for me because, you know, all of us were minorities mm-hmm. and everything Absolutely. like that. And so, like, each guy's different. Each guy played in a different era. Each guy different played for a different uh, team and everything like that. So just lean on them for stories and everything has been been good. So I got to get a little support, guys. Awesome, Tyler. We're running a little long, but I got a couple questions I got to ask all of our all of our <clears throat> guests. So yeah. put your thinking cap on. I ask everyone this: If you could face any pitcher throughout history, any pitcher you want to dig in the box, test their stuff. Who do you face and why? Okay, this is I want to see Satchel Page because they, I like like honestly, for you, he told everybody to sit down. Don't don't even worry about it. Right, <laughs> like, I got you know I got this. Yeah, like like I want to see I want to see that I want to see prime Satchel Page. Like they said, he he had like twelve different pitches. I want to yep. see what what it was doing. That's awesome. So that's definitely that's one. awesome. Who were the players you 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 mentioned Jackie Bradley Jr. Who was who were the players you watched growing up? So growing up, I watched a few. I mean, everybody loved Jeter. I mean, that's kind of like the mainstream. But like back in the day, it was like Alfonso Soriano. That's the guy who went infield, outfield. You know, um, I watched Jose Reyes with the Mets. He was electric. Uh, those three, which is kind of like the guys that I like to kind of the model of the game after like now modern day you got Mookie Betts you know yeah, Mookie Betts is kind of like the, the face a man played infield a couple of days ago for, I mean a couple of months ago for the right. Dodgers and yep. he's playing right field you know so <clears throat> That's uh, those are kind of the guys I, I I you know was watching you mentioned your your newly found love for golf you mentioned your kind of love for going to beaches and zoos but when you're not off day, you don't have to worry about baseball. Where do we find Tyler Tolbert? In season or out season? <laughs> out of season. Let's go out of season. Let's go out of season. I like to travel, honestly. Um, I like to travel out of season. I mean, I'm probably gonna be at a football game somewhere. I like to watch football. Uh, yeah, I'm always, I'm always with my family. I'm always. With my my friends, like I'm always with my like close knit. Like it's it, you're not gonna find me in too many places, but I do travel a lot. You did mention this, and I, I I'm glad you mentioned it again. I want to circle back because you said obviously your middle school passion for basketball. You always said there's football's been all the way around with all your friends. What was it? Just talent? Why was it? Why did baseball rise to the top here? Because it seems like you had a passion to play other sports as well. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was really good at football, and my friends hate me. Hey, do you know that we you could have done? Did you not I, play? I, did you play in high school? No, I didn't play in high school. Okay, they were okay. just so mad at me because, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was just baseball. I just knew. I just honestly knew baseball was it. Uh, I just knew that, like, 
baseball is going to put the food on the table and, you know, I was going to get paid. I can, this, I can really make a career out of this. Um, so my friends are like, do you know it? You could have been this, this. I'm like, I know, guys. I know. But, like, uh, yeah, that – yeah, they they give me they they gripe me about it because all of them played uh, Division One. We got we got Damn. a couple in the NFL, um, so it's it's funny. It is very funny. You said you like to travel. Here's the question: Is a tougher question than you think, though. You, okay. you're, you're traveling, but you can only bring one catalog from one artist. So musically, you got to pick one artist. Oh, this this easy. <laughs> this is easy. This is Drake. Drake can hit on anything. I, I, I like like Drake can hit on any mood. I like it. All one, right. one catalog. Well, just Drake. Just hey, so that's the that's anything. the catalog. Drake's the catalog. Yeah. Um, best piece of advice you ever got. Mm. Best piece of advice. Non baseball or baseball. No, no, just it's universal. So the best piece of advice someone ever gave you that you were just like, that's it, that's the thing, that's that's kept that's sustained me as I go through, whether it's on the field or off. Follow your heart and follow your passion and give it everything you got. Because if if you if you follow your heart and your passion and you dive into it, that's going to lead to like your pure happiness, you know what I'm saying? Cause like you're, you're doing something that you love. You're doing something that you're passionate about and it brings meaning and hopefully whatever you want to do is going to impact other people's lives. Honestly, Tyler, we're going to have to leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyler told <laughs> make sure you follow him. He is in the, it's the, Arkansas Nat- Naturals, right? Is that is in the Texas? Uh, Northwest Arkansas. Northwest, yeah, Northwest Arkansas, Arkansas Naturals. Arkansas. Make sure yes, you follow. He's all over the field, though. You might not be able to catch. It's center field. It's shortstop. It's all over the place. But yeah. make sure. Tell everybody. Do you, do you have socials? Where where can they follow your socials? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, Tyler underscore Tolbert twelve on Instagram, and Tyler Tolbert twelve on Twitter. Excellent. Well, we'll have to leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Black Baseball Mixtape. Please, please, please make sure you subscribe, rate the show, share it with a friend. Uh, It's a blast. Tyler, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time.